welcome back, everybody, for another episode of Mega Strange. And once again, Derek and Johnny are touring the country. What's up? Um, I'm not here right now. Yeah, we've been out on the road for uh, a few weeks yeah. at this point. And oh, the amazing things we've seen touring through Florida, Especially Georgia, Florida. Pennsylvania, uh, Boston. And, and uh, I, don't, I don't know if we're going to Boston on this tour. Oh, I thought we were. But uh, if, if anybody out there has seen us on the tour already, let us know in the comments. What would you think about the last lap tour? Um, I'm sure it was the time of your life. Yeah. Uh, leave a comment if you talk to us on the tour and like put like a whole like text file of what we said to you. Are you sure you want them to do that? No, don't do that. Uh, you can do that for Johnny. <laughs> don't do you that. don't need to do that for me. Uh, uh, instead of that, you remember like the old game FAQs when like people like write out the logo, like draw my face with like a bunch of oh ASCII uh, art. Yeah, j draw my face with some ASCII art. Yeah, I'll take some ASCII art yeah. as well. If you're gonna do it, you might as well throw me in. <laughs> uh, today we are reaching back into the vaults once again for another classic episode. This episode was actually our most popular episode of all time. Back when we were Mega 64 and Teen. Yes. Before we made the switch over and rebranded as Mega Strange. This was our interview with Ding Dong. I was so nervous for this episode. Like, a f it was like a full week of me, like, really, like, just aggressive nerves and not knowing what to say. But I was so happy. Like, we, we talked before the episode. We got into a groove. And then we, we uh, got into an even better groove when the episode was recorded was recording and i feel like this is one of my favorites uh we we get into it yeah ding dong doesn't do a lot of interviews no and he is a notoriously private person and we actually got to ask all kinds of questions that i feel like nobody ever asks yeah like what's it like to be doxxed yeah <laughs> and to go through that horrible experience and kind of um you know all the things that led him to become a little bit more reclusive from yeah. the internet um, good things and bad things and kind of the whole nature of what it's like to be on the internet. Um, something I can relate to. Yeah. Uh, so we had a lot of juicy topics to dive into. I thought it was a really good discussion. Uh, and Me I think too. everybody today will enjoy it. So why don't we get to it? Let's do it. This is our conversation with Ding Dong, another classic episode. All right, everybody. We are here with the one and only world famous. World famous. Ding Dong. Round of applause. Johnny, um, that was my introduction to our guest. Do you want to do your own special uh, introduction? Oh, fuck. All right. Uh, we got, uh, you know, the, the one and only, the future G4 host, maybe. Ding dong. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe someday. And, yeah, we've basically been talking so long, people are wondering if ding dong is actually yeah, on is the he phone. Here? I'm here. Hello. Hello. There you go, ladies here. and gentlemen. Wow. The man himself. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. We're going to end this episode now. Oh, yeah. okay. Bye, everyone. I hope you enjoyed. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, hi, Ding Dong. Thanks for thanks for talking to us. Today. Yeah, this is rad. Oh, sorry. I hung up the call. I, I oh no. I thought that was okay. Oh shit. The sarcasm is just one of the many things I yeah. offer. <laughs> yeah. To be on this, podcast, you got me pretty good. Be, you got me pretty good. <laughs> sarcasm. <laughs> Yeah, I need to work on it. Um, yeah, uh, we are here with Ding Dong, and this is the quarantine cast. So we're gonna start with the obvious questions. Ding Dong, are you safe? Are you yeah. are you quarantined properly? 
I am safe. I'm indoors. I'm quarantined properly. Things are okay. <laughs> okay, good, good. Yeah, that's good to hear. Uh, how, how have things been going uh, for the past year with you? Um, any close calls with, with COVID-19? Uh, distant family things for the most part, but nothing directly here. Uh, it's mostly just been staying inside, doing a lot of work and kind of just focusing on that. Uh, it didn't throw too much of a curveball into like the routine that I kind of have with work, but, uh, it's been something, uh, nice. Okay. Staying safe. That's good for, uh, for, for any of our fans who, uh, don't know what, what are you working on currently? Uh, I am, I'm working on a video game right now. Uh, if you've heard of those, have you heard of those before? Okay, you haven't heard of those. Okay, I, I, I think the uh, prop, the official response to a question like that is, I dabble. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, we dabble here. It's like a coded language. Yeah. Yeah, we you, dabble in video games. <laughs> it's like a piece of entertainment, but you can interact with it with like a controller, a device of some sort. Inter- interactive cool. entertainment. It's okay. Well, it sounds like a money maker. Oh yeah. Sounds like so- something. Uh, Sounds easy too. Sounds easy to make. Something corporations should. It's look pretty into. easy. It doesn't cost any money. It's like oh, a, yeah. it takes like a day to do. It's no, yeah, it's I'm sure no you can do it all by yourself too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't even need people. It can kind of just make itself. Dude, uh, AI can make video games. Is that how you're? Uh, is that how you're working it right now? No, the game's making itself. No, no, people. no. I'm actually. <laughs> I'm kind of. I'm screwing up pretty bad. Uh, no. I'm working on it, and I probably shouldn't be. I should probably figure out a way to automate it so I don't have to do it. Uh, no, I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm just working on, uh, we're working on a game, uh, me and my roommate here and, uh, it's a platformer beat em up. We've been working on it for about, I think we just hit two years with it now. Uh, we are about to get a demo out for Patreon pretty soon. So just been working on that a whole bunch. Uh, not much else. Kind of just that. Um, I got to mess around with the uh, the previous Patreon build, and uh, I was like blown away. The controls were like so tight. I was like, I was hyped. Like, uh, I'm really. Hopefully, oh. you'll enjoy the uh, the next one because we kind of redid a lot with it. There's a lot more polish mm. on there. Uh, I, I'm hoping that there's like a decent response to it. We took a lot of inspiration from a lot of games. Uh, things like the obvious ones are like Mega Man X. Things like. Uh, Astro Boy Omega Factor on Game Boy Advance, if anyone ever played that before. Um, <laughs> games like Guardian Heroes on the Sega Saturn, and also okay. God Hand on PS2, if anyone's played that oh, before. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of different uh, sources of inspiration to kind of put together sort of like a fighting game platformer beat-em-up hybrid. And uh, it's been going all right. Like, we've been having fun doing it. It's uh, It's cool getting to just sort of put all the things you're passionate about, all the things that you really enjoy into just one thing that you can uh, just sit there with for hours, having fun noodling around with, just getting it to work is kind of satisfying. So it's uh, it's been fun working on it. Although it's also something that takes a lot of time. <laughs> um, where'd you get the idea for a platform beat-em-up? Why that, why that genre of game? Was there one game in particular you were playing where you're like, damn, I want to make something like this? Uh, some of those games that I mentioned, just kind of 2D action games in general, I always liked a lot. But uh, 
It's also because, I don't know, you don't get to see some genres as often anymore. A lot of arcade-style games were some of my favorites way back, and you don't see them as often. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I always enjoyed beat-em-ups a lot. I always enjoyed fighting games a lot. Uh, so getting to just put something together, mixing in, like I said, all the things that I already kind of enjoy about games, the things that always excited me about games... It's uh, it's cool to get to experiment around and just try to figure out something that you always kind of wanted to play, but it didn't get to fully exist out there. You would see like portions of an idea that you really enjoyed and you get to kind of put it together, experiment and figure out what it is you'd really like to see in a game overall. You know, it's funny with beat em ups. Um, I always I always struggle with completing a game and just in uh, general, in general. Yeah. Games are too long, <laughs> but I find with beat em ups, if. Like those, I, I always are am, am compelled to complete. There's something yeah. about the simplicity and like the lack of a narrative story a lot of times, or it's it's almost like a short story compared to like a big book. I feel like those early beat em ups like had this sense of like, oh, I need to put the quarters in to finish. Like I feel like there was there was always like that feeling of like, no, I need to finish this. Yeah, I usually play beat em ups on console, you know, oh, like okay. River City Ransom and and more recently like Scott Pilgrim, which they just re released. Yeah, they did. It's on the Switch. I picked it up uh, about a week back. That yeah. game's pretty fun. Castle Crashers. Yeah, Castle Crashers is a lot of fun, and uh, yeah. that's the thing about a lot of beat em ups. Usually, arcade games in general, they tried to give themselves just the appropriate length. You're not going to sit in an arcade for like five hours at one machine. <laughs> They yeah. give them just enough length that the idea gets to roll its way through. You never really get tired of it. You just get to have fun the whole time. And then it's just, it was a good experience. You come away from it, you're happy. You didn't need to be there for too long. It just got to uh, make it work for that time that you spent with it. And uh, that was always the appeal of beat-em-ups, too. Just a lot of action, a lot of movement, just lots of things going on. A lot of variety, typically, between uh, levels, so... Yeah, especially with friends, getting to sit down and do multiplayer with people is always a good time, too. Having some co-op going. So Uh, has uh, COVID, like, you know, helped you? I feel like when when COVID hit with creative people, it's either like I've been able to focus and have a lot of time to myself, which has been good creatively, mm -hmm. or... I'm stuck in my house and I'm going crazy and kind of like the anxiety is getting in the way of my creativity. Um, have you felt either of those or both of those or uh, a little, a little bit on that, but mostly the way that it affected us was kind of just in terms of budget. Um, it didn't affect okay. the workflow too much because we already are always kind of sitting down working on it constantly, like around the clock. But, uh, it did make things a little more stressful at points, not to mention because we're working with a, a friend of ours too. We have to ensure that everybody, of course, is doing well. We all want to maintain safety for each other. We all want to be able to stay focused and be able to, you know, function. So that's been a thing that we've had to, you know, be wary of, too, while working on all of this. We always have to uh, be considering that kind of thing. But it's been all right overall. I can't really complain too much. It hasn't affected us too much, like I said, but... uh it has it has been a bit of a process with that, and it is the realization, too, the idea of this is kind of where we're at. We already were, like I said, working on this around the clock, but with something like this now that you're kind of forcibly kept indoors, that you forcibly are now in that position, uh, it did kind of like draw more motivation towards it because it's something that we kind of have to be there now with. There's no opportunity to really step away from it, which can be stressful at times, but... 
It also built up a lot more passion for the project. Being able to sit there and just really have days where you bounce ideas off of each other, everybody just kind of coming up with things and keeping it going. It, uh, it's been somewhat of a positive experience as much as like there's fear and stress, obviously packaged alongside that. Uh, I don't know. It's been interesting for sure. Uh, as like a light way of putting it, it, it's, it, it's been strange. You're working on this thing from your house? Yes. With your roommate? Yes. Doesn't that ever, like, what happens if you get into a fight at work? What happens then? Oh, shit. Uh, well, it hasn't happened yet, but oh, damn. I can... Oh, you guys have never had a creative disagreement? Nah, we've Jealous. had disagreements, but not fights. When I hear fight, I think like, oh, there's going to be like a hole in the wall. There's, there's going to oh. be battle damage <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just no hole in the wall, but just like, man, I'm tired of these guys for today. I'm going home. (laughs) I think that's the kitchen uh, and they're right there. I think that's what's been really appealing about this project in specific. Everybody working Mm. on it kind of has a lot of passion towards it, even if it's not like overall 100 percent. It's never to the point that there's like a harsh disagreement. It's kind of just people bouncing ideas and sort of figuring things out. We haven't really hit any uh, standstills like that yet. But I could imagine if that does come up, uh, it probably would be awkward <laughs> considering that yeah. you're just working from here and this is who you're around and everything. But it hasn't happened yet. We haven't had a, to, anything like that yet. I used yeah. to uh, work, uh, make music videos with my roommate, and that would be like an issue sometimes. There would have to be days where like I had to like stay with someone else. Like we were just getting away. <laughs> Honestly, I, I've I'm, always I'm like any creative team that lives together. Yeah. I, I've never heard of no friction creatively but i mean i like i said there's obviously can be done done. (laughs) there's obviously like disagreements and everything but like i said it's never to the extent of anything like too intense like that but i can understand it because i have worked with people in the past i've been on like different projects and everything it is hard to sort of achieve a balance like that that you have a lot of people who really do just have genuine like investment in what it is you're doing because sometimes you'll get that where there is a big disagreement everyone kind of falls apart for a bit it's hard to overcome like a hurdle uh and in the past i've had things like that like i said with uh with my roommate here we have had situations in the past that we've had to talk things out and like figure things out but usually we can work through it because we do try to be very direct on that kind of thing and we try to uh, get past it just because it's a it's good to get input it's good to have people bouncing ideas off of each other. If it just went one way, it wouldn't be as interesting. Being able to kind of share and grow something together. Uh, I think it also depends on the kind of project you're doing. Because a lot of people sort of look at like the end goal, the end result of the project, rather than kind of getting excited for the middle portion where you're making it. Because the middle portion is where a lot of ideas can come up. It's where a lot of creativity can shine through. It's where uh, things you weren't even anticipating could pop up in there. And then the thing you're making actually ends up being more than you were anticipating, more than you were expecting. So it can always be interesting. It can always be uh, exciting in a certain way, even if there is a bit of friction here and there. Uh, It's always good to just be able to talk, bounce ideas off. And that's why it's never been too intense. I think... Um, you know, being on the same page creatively with yeah. the person you're working with is the most important thing to completing a project. I like that you looked at me when you said that. Hint, hint. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and if you're not aligned, there's degrees, I think, to what you can get away with yeah. and still complete the project. But eventually, 
that's like a project killer if you just get too far and have too. It's much why of a you gotta division. you gotta be able to know how to sort of come down yourself if there is like a heightened reaction to something, and to be able to still be mature, respectable, and kind of talk it out because you're still working with these people. Like it's a team, it's a team effort, and it has to be something that you all remember at certain points. You don't want to go too overboard, or you could put a hole in the wall. Ha <laughs> There's always that option, you know the last ditch effort just put a hole in the wall yeah i've, I've never done that have you ever punched a hole in the wall <laughs> like when you were a kid uh i love watching I videos feel of people doing like it. i kicked one in the wall when i was a child because you know like i didn't think i was strong enough to do anything like i'm so mad and then you're like oh fuck mom how big of a hole me. was it what? How big? How big of a hole? You know, like little kid foot size. Oh, shit. So maybe like the size of two bananas. Two bananas? Stacked. <laughs> you know? I don't oh, know. Oh, stacked. Because I was going to say, that's a, that's a big foot yeah. for a child. It well, two imagine bananas. two bananas side by side, and then you fold them up on, on top of each other. Yeah. That, and then you're approaching the size of my foot as a child, if that makes sense. <laughs> This uh, this banana reference is getting confusing now. Okay, so two bananas folded onto each other. Yeah, you know. A doctor okay. would know what I was talking yeah. about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not an insult to you guys, just not properly medically trained. Yeah. So, um... Well, wait, this is more important. You've never put a hole in the wall? Johnny? He, he put... Yeah, you've never put a hole in the wall no. ever? No. I mean, never ever. Johnny um, shuts down emotionally Shut when he gets upset. Up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the most I did was like when I was a kid, I had like uh, my mom got me like a like a shitty cell phone and I threw that once and I broke it. But that's about like the extent of my anger. I've never like yeah. wanted to punch a hole in the wall. I think it's like at an early age, I saw that video of the dude playing Step Mania where he like bashes. The I really like that video. Yeah, I remember that one. Dang, his, early age. His, yeah, His like when I was like a teen, I saw that. Destroyed. Yeah. Uh, I saw it as a teen. I was like, I don't want to be that guy. Oh, when he's like, I guess another fucking monitor is broken. Just yeah. like I broke yeah. this one. Just like I broke this wall. Yeah. And this it's wall. that he, he moves the monitor and he reveals that there's like 20 holes behind it, that this happens <laughs> yeah. every single day. I love at the end when he's like, I put my fucking head through the wall. That guy has probably <laughs> killed somebody. Dude. He's in jail uh, for murder now. Yeah. At least he's really good at step mania now, Dude. though. So, Ding Dong, um, I saw that you recently reactivated your Twitter after deactivating your Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, and that you've kind of... Um, I just deactivated it right now. Oh, no. Okay, breaking news. It's officially Dude, deactivated. This is, this is hot news. This just happened. So you have, like, a video game company, but um, you don't maintain a, a Twitter or, like, a direct connection with uh, the public. Through social media? Uh, not much, no. I kind of use it here and there, but I don't do too much with it. Do you have a philosophy behind that? Uh, just that I kind of like making things, and I don't know. Social media, I've kind of watched that happen with a lot of, like, I don't know, friends, artists, people in general. It seems like a thing that you can easily get sucked into. You get stuck scrolling, or... uh you sort of get to watch other people get caught up in uh, things sometimes. And I'd rather be focusing on things that kind of like excite me or make me happy. I feel like it's kind of easy to get lost in something like a uh, Twitter and kind of just bum yourself out. I love that. Uh, <laughs> oh, I always get bummed out on social media. Usually I get jealous of people who are more successful than me. 
But that's when I turn off social media. It's like, okay, time to get back to work because I'm so angry at my lack of progress here. It's um, uh, oh. Yeah, I mean, that's usually the same feeling here. It's just the idea of like what I've done for it at this point. I try to just look at the accounts that kind of excite me. There's a lot of indie games that pop up all the time that I'm interested in. And uh, the indie game scene is actually really connected now through social media. Everybody constantly is getting excited for each other's ideas and just sharing them. So that's always nice to see. Just remembering like all the things that you really care about and get excited about. I think that goes a long way. Uh, I have like the trending tab ad blocked so I don't have to see it. I kind of just want to focus on uh, the things that I really care about when it comes to like games and just things in general. Uh, it's why I don't use Twitter too often. Usually it's just to give people like updates on what I'm doing. That's cool. Um, oh, I was going to say real quick, like when I, like it's been such a short period of me joining mega 64 that like, I feel like I'm addicted to Twitter and like, I can't stop reading comments either. Like Johnny, can <laughs> I, can I be frank and no, honest? Please, please. I really need help. This is the first time anybody's ever commented on Johnny personally, <laughs> like from a fan perspective, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? You have a fan base for the first time. Oh, yeah. And that fucks with your head. It's fucking with After me, yeah. your whole life, nobody gives a shit. And suddenly every week, there's hundreds of people that have an opinion on what you're doing. It's it's scary because there's moments where like, I'm. it's like, a, I love it and I hate it. Because I love like, oh, you know, people talking about it, that, that's cool. But then I see like people acting like they know me. And I just like can see, find these like small pockets of people like on Reddit being like, well, Johnny would do this. Johnny would do that. I'm like, you guys don't know me. This is weird to just find this pocket. Like that's been freaking me out a lot as well, but I can't stop. I can't stop looking. Yeah, no, that's understandable because that's a. Uh, I mean, that's kind of the process that comes out of uh, things like this. When you are just posting anything in general, there's going to be a response to it, and sometimes it could be something like people just having you know like commentary. People are interested in what you're doing. They're happy with it. But it's always when you see like that one off comment that it kind of sticks with you. Yeah. Because it's the one that stands out against everything else. It's Mm -hmm. the one that kind of hits harder. But it's always good to kind of keep that in mind, too, when you see that sort of thing. The idea of like, okay, well, somebody's like reading body language too intensely. Somebody's like, hey, did you notice how they didn't use this specific word? Maybe it implies something else. People get to weird lengths with it sometimes. So I, I get the uh, the discomfort that gets to come from it. And it's really hard to like get past it sometimes, the idea of like trying to take your attention off. But it's why it's always good to remember the things that are like good out there, what's exciting about there, and trying to also take into account the people who are obviously giving positive feedback. All right. I don't know if you want to talk about this. So if you don't, we'll cut this part. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I heard that at one point uh, in your career online, you were doxxed. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it happened uh, a few times over. Uh, it's happened more than once to you? Holy shit. Oh, yeah. No, it, it happens very frequently that people. Uh, the thing is, I shouldn't say it's directly a dox because that implies that a lot of the information's accurate. It's kind of gone all over the place. Uh, but no, it was a really common thing for a while. Uh, it was a process for a while. I think it's what's helped try to get past a lot of that is having to be exposed to it so frequently it kind of i don't know you get numb to it a bit you're starting to get used to it blows my mind (laughs) hearing you say that and now i feel like i fully understand why you would not want to have a twitter or be on (laughs) social media i mean yeah that was what got me to stop originally was that it pushed very far because it extended way beyond like the point of comfort but 
as time went on, it also became easy to recognize, okay, well, it happened, it's out there, it didn't really heavily destroy anything, it was just kind of an inconvenience. Because usually that's what that sort of thing is anyways, the idea of doxing somebody. It's somebody trying to, like, throw themselves at you to get some attention by doing something negative, but it also isn't anything that critical uh, it's a thing that doesn't have to be overwhelmingly like destructive or anything. It's uncomfortable. It's unfortunate, mm. but it's a thing you can't necessarily let stop you from doing the things you want to do either. If you want to be making things, if you want to be posting videos, you want to be making games, you want to be doing art, you shouldn't let something like that be, you know, the factor to stop you just that somebody else is wasting their time. You should just keep making that's, things. Keep doing stuff. I mean, stuff. that's a powerful, I think, outlook Dude. on it. And I don't know. Kind of surprising. I wasn't expecting you to say that, that it's just something you have to live with. I am somebody who believes in the idea of being allowed to have like a screen name online, though. I think back to like using AOL 3.0 that everyone just had a screen name. You had a buddy list. It wasn't about kind of attaching your identity to everything. Social media really encourages that. But it's not a necessary step. And that's kind of just the position I'm in. I, I like just posting stuff online and kind of just doing stuff. Yeah, we are seeing that more and more nowadays, like people uh, having online personas as a screen name. But you'd be surprised. Like, I, I've noticed, like, weird, like, anger towards that. Like, people get, like, aggressive. They're like, how dare you not tell me everything about you? And it's really it, surprising. It is unusual, yeah. It is definitely a thing, too. Uh, there's, especially when there's, like, an audience involved, sometimes people feel like they're kind of owed more when it comes to being, like, part of a fandom or a fan base. Yeah. The idea mm -hmm. that you sort of set up your own expectations of somebody. And then mm -hmm. when something falls out of line with that, that's usually when people have a feeling of like, have I been betrayed? Is this mm -hmm. not what I think it is? And that's why you can have intense reactions like that sometimes. But it's also the idea too, that you don't truly know the person. You might be a fan of their content, but it's not like you're on a, you know, friend to friend basis here that you're talking every day or anything. It's that you enjoy their content. You don't fully know them. Absolutely. And yeah. it gets it does get to weird degrees like that, that people uh, want to know everything about them. They want it to be uh, as direct as that. I have weird instances with that sometimes that I'll be like streaming work that I'm doing and somebody will say like, oh, yeah, remember that time that you went to Burger King and you ordered that? And it's like, how do you remember that? That was like, <laughs> it's like five years ago. And I think I made an offhand comment about it. I don't remember but, anything uh, I say on camera because I do yeah. this so much. I'm always in front of camera. It's like. I say it and then I just forget it. Even like I have that problem too. Like yeah. when I hear somebody call back to something, I always have a moment of like, did I say that? Yeah. I, it's weird when people remember things like that. Sometimes I guess in a way you could say it's flattering. People remember they committed it to memory, but it's also, I don't know. You're, you're taking up like brain storage <laughs> space for, Hey, you went to Wendy's this one day at nine 30 and you got a baconator and it was a little bit soggy. Yeah. It's always, I hate it too. Cause I want to remember, they'll be like, don't you remember that time when you went into a store five years ago? And I'm like, I honestly don't. And they're like, Oh, well I was that guy. And I was like, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, oh. I wish I remembered. Um, but yeah, I think there is like a sense of entitlement to mm. some people when they're a fan of you, they expect you to, like they can click a video you're in and you're on, like you're performing yeah. in the video and they click it and you're always, that recording of you is always ready to go. 
And then kind of maybe mentally that extends to meeting you in person. They just expect you to be ready to go. Yeah. I feel like the walls are starting to blur a little bit with COVID and like certain like friendship sim stuff. Like I feel like we're all inside and and, and looking to content. And I feel like well, maybe it's like the, the, the walls are blurring a little bit between content creator and something I've always found interesting too is that people acknowledge that we are independent creators and that we are just regular folk putting our stuff out there and there's no corporation behind us yeah yet they still expect a corporate mentality to how you interact with them Mm -hmm. um you know like even when it comes to when Mega 64 first started and we were handling our merch, we were just like a couple of guys. We didn't have the infrastructure to really handle returns very yeah. well. So we would tell people like all sales are final and they, people couldn't handle that. And it was just like, I'm sorry, we're young and we don't know how to like, we're not a corporation. Um, and then even I, I, sometimes as an entertainer, I feel like people kind of look at other professional entertainers that are backed by like a, you know, a movie studio or Disney or something and expect you to always be on and maintaining like that corporate brand representation. Yeah. But you're not one of those people like. Yeah. Um, no, just, I, I can, I can get that completely. The idea of like professionalism because uh, people do that a lot. People will draw comparisons. You'll compare person A to person B, but it's like, okay, person A is an individual recording videos out of their bedroom. Person B is somebody with a million sponsors and aren't in the same position as that. I think people kind of just get reductive with uh, content like that sometimes just because it's probably more convenient. It's probably easier to just commit to it that kind of way. But you do you do get some strangeness out of that. And uh, in that regard, yeah, people having an understanding can also be rough when it comes to things like that. People kind of being inexperienced with something or things kind of getting ahead of where you're already you know comfortable, what you're ready for. Uh, taking on new endeavors could be scary for that. Uh, it is interesting to observe the uh, the relationship that people can have with the creators themselves because it's also it's case to case. It's different depending on audiences. It can uh, it can be how you also interact with your audience. Like there's a lot of ways that this can vary between different people, how uh, people respond to them. And on my own end specifically, going back to the whole doxing thing, the reason that that one I know it came up partially. It's because I'm using like I'm using an animated avatar. I'm uh, I don't have a, an actual face, and I think that's enough to just like draw interest for people sometimes too. The idea of like oh mysterious, hmm, they want to investigate because it gets to be something kind of exciting, uh, even if it's something that's very irrelevant. And that's just a thing that can come up a lot of the time too, or people getting uh, red hot and steamy about a controversy that's not really much of a controversy. It could be something as simple as a mistake that somebody made. Something like that, what you mentioned with the merchandise. It it should be something that obviously should be given a bit more of an understanding, a discussion being made. But it it's uh it's like I said too, that expectation that comes from a fan base, what they expect of creators, how they sort of idealize something. They might see somebody else who's on a more professional scale, or like I said, having a bunch of sponsors. Cause that's also a line that's been blurred a bit. A lot of people who are on YouTube, for example, have sponsorships. They have people that they're doing contract work with. And I think that gets left out a lot that people kind of don't notice it or they let it go by. But it's a thing that needs to be recognized to some extent, too, because it also means that money could be potentially be put towards it. Could be getting additional assistance with the work that you're doing. Some people could just be doing things by themselves. It's uh, it's hard for people to get a read of content sometimes. I think sometimes people think the more personal content is... uh 
much more produced than it really is when it could just be somebody doing it in their free time compared against somebody else who's filming in their bedroom. But it turns out they have like a lot of additional support, a lot of helping hands working with them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like so many times <clears throat> really professional productions can be made by a young kid in their room, in yeah. their teens or twenties, if they, cause they have the time and maybe they don't have a job or they have a lot of free time. They can really dedicate themselves. And then after doing that for a few years, they'll just get hired by a professional company. And then, you know, so those professionally Crushed. produced videos are made by the same people that produce the independent videos. Yeah. You would never tell. It's just who's been picked it's up like, by like, um, you know, a backer or a financier. Ray, yeah. Ray William Johnson shit. Yeah. And you know, all of this, I feel like it kind of comes with the territory. I don't know if I even want to complain about this expectation that fans have. Mm -hmm. I just want to like bring an awareness. Yeah. To it. Um, because, you know, being on this side, a video game developer or, you know, we make videos, maybe we should think about what the fan expectation is and try to live up to it because there's a relationship here. We're the creators. You're the fans. We want to have a healthy relationship. We want to give you what you want. We want you to give us what we want. I think all I would say is as an independent Person, sometimes you can't meet those expectations. You just yeah. you can't fulfill it because you're just doing it by yourself and you're just trying your best. And sometimes you have an off day too. And I feel like even your off day is like under a fucking ma like a ultra magnifying glass. And uh, you know, yes, try to have more better days than off days. Yes, maybe it's kind of a, a discussion that has to happen between both sides, like a mutual respect that has to be built because usually it's like just a one-sided shift with that it's uh, it's the idea that the audience has really intense expectations and if the creator kind of falls out of line that could be it it could also be the creator maybe getting just overwhelmed and they're putting too much pressure then onto the audience you need to be able to just sort of have like a middle ground that you can kind of have a discussion respectfully put things out there and the audience be able to actually take it and understand it and work past that and like you said too yeah the idea of trying to do the things that people would like to see like there is an element of that too you don't just want to put things out there that you know are empty meaningless you want to put things out there that people would enjoy you want to be able to entertain and interest people so you always want to be able to get feedback and it's a thing that i've been trying to do a lot on my own end uh specifically i do try to ask people thoughts and opinions on games a lot just because it helps me when i'm working on stuff it's good to know what it is that people would feel best about in some regards or things i can try out it's uh it's cool getting to have that. Like, that's one of the best things I'd say about having an audience like that. People who are actually interested in the work that you're doing is that you can really gauge them for things like that. It doesn't happen too often. People don't do it too often. But when you can actually, like, just have a discussion with them and sort of learn off of them what they would like to see, maybe they have some input on what it is you're doing that you didn't even consider before. Because uh, I know that can be a thing with discussions with people. The idea of, like... If someone has a negative comment about something that you might be like, oh, mm, I, I'm going to have to disregard that because it's making me feel bad. But sometimes it could be coming from a position of, you know, I didn't think about it that way. I really like just getting to hear differing viewpoints and why people can also be drawn to different conclusions. So that's kind of, I'd say, the ideal relationship with an audience would be being able to have a discussion with them, being able to kind of understand both ends that the audience can kind of understand the creator creator can kind of understand the audience and you can both kind of go between each other with sort of a conversation and move forward and understand and kind of grow uh with the material that you're doing 
Yeah. I th- uh, I mean, that's really well said. Honestly. Oh, yeah. I feel like that kind of hits the nail on the head. I'm really trying to understand the person that called me a Spurg last week. So maybe maybe it's, you know, something's wrong with him. Maybe. maybe I'm... I, I think that's an easier one. Yeah. <laughs> when there's just an insult attached, it might be a little easier to read that. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the ones that obviously, like when you spot that, you can go, okay, that's an easier disregard. But when it's somebody giving kind of like, oh, I wasn't big on how you ended up handling this. Maybe you could do this next time. That's more of a criticism. That's more of a discussion. When there's a discussion, that's when it's valuable. When it's uh, a throwaway line like that, I can understand. I think as a creator, honest, to be real honest, if you you really got down to it, I think we all create stuff because we want to get a positive reaction from other people. Um, To an extent, yeah. I think, you know, at its core, that really is what it's about. Um, You make something and you want it to be received well. You don't want to make something and not have it be released to any audience. And you wouldn't want it to, to make something and have it released to an audience and they all reject it. You know, they want to accept it and tell you, like, how smart you were <laughs> and, and how creative you were and how good your thoughts were. For, yeah. Um, for me, that's like half of it. Cause like the other half of me has this moment of like, if I'm not like working, I feel insane. Like I need to always be like tinkering. But then there is yeah. the other half where I'm like, I, whatever I'm tinkering on, like I hope people will enjoy that. I think that maybe, and I'm not going to speak for you, but yeah. maybe if you really got introspective, that thing that was making you feel insane yeah. is that addiction to the positive response yeah. to the thing you're making. Dopamine. And that's what like compels you to make it. Like I'm not making anything that's going to give me that response. I need to create that. that this is, is something I heard another artist on, on uh, YouTube talk about a guy who goes by the name 10 hundreds. And uh, we're talking here about the relationship between audience and creator. And I feel like that's kind of on the creator side, what we're looking for in the audience hopefully can let us know how to achieve that. (laughs) (laughs) That's why, like I was saying, kind of a discussion. You're able to at least hear from people what it is they'd like to see. And I'd say more than even just a positive response, for me at least, it's the idea of just kind of validation. The idea that you made something and somebody out there somewhere can at least enjoy it. That's not a thing you're kind of putting into the void and then it just kind of fizzles out and it feels like a waste. But at least it's like an experience that somebody else could share and maybe get a positive thing from it. Even if they didn't take it the way that you intended, just being able to put something out there and people end up enjoying it. It is a thing that is obviously valuable as a creator. You want to be able to uh, have a connection with people. You know, it's, I think this is the last thing I'll say about this. Uh, In years past, I would go to conventions and sometimes I'd be out and some, some guy would come up to me after the show and he'd be like wasted drunk. This happened more (laughs) than once. Uh, And sometimes they weren't drunk, but, but they were very emotional and they'd come up and they'd be like, Mega 64 guy, you made a video where you were shoving boxes up your butt. That video video. saved my life. Shit. And I, and I'll, I'm always taken back like, okay, cool. And sometimes it'll kind of get uncomfortable because I can sense that they really want to convey the emotion here. Like, no, you don't understand. (laughs) I would not be here if it wasn't for that video. I'd be like, cool. Oh, thank you, man. He's like, and then I was going to end it all, you know, like really driving the point. And it was an awkward conversation. This happened, you know, a couple of times throughout my life, but I do find myself sometimes randomly Mm. recalling those conversations out of nowhere, just driving in my car. 
And I'll just hear that person's voice, you know, just in my, in just a memory that comes back. Um, and I appreciate it. I do. Even though at the time I felt really uncomfortable and it yeah. felt really awkward and, you know, I, I almost want to reach out to these people cosmically and say, mission accomplished. <laughs> you got your message through to yeah. me. I think about you sometimes and it makes me feel like that video, even though it was kind of dumb, at least it meant something to you, you know, and that is kind of, uh, I mean, just giving people a laugh when they're in a, in a situation where they're struggling, it can be enough to help people by, even if it sounds like jarring or out there, that box is going up your butt, <laughs> made somebody happy. It made somebody happy. Yeah, exactly. That's what we do it for. Um, okay. I think we're going to wrap it up here. Um, good thing to wrap it up on. I want to say, <laughs> you know, thanks for calling us, Jerry. Uh, oh, you weren't supposed to say that. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll, we'll bleep that maybe. Um, oh, maybe. Well, we really appreciate Wait, this. Was, maybe this was a great call. Maybe. Uh, and I think people just were so just, it was very informative. Clearly. Yeah. You can't wait. No, you can't let that go into the episode. You can't uh, all right. Well, and, and yeah, this we're going to no, end this yeah, here. No. Uh, good night, everybody. Good night. All right. We're back. That was uh, our conversation with Ding Dong. Thank you, Ding Dong. And thank you, everybody, for watching today's episode. Uh, how are you feeling, Johnny? Pretty good. Uh, I'm excited to uh, meet everyone on this tour. Uh, when we did PAX, so many people came up to me and were like, yo, Mega Strange is so sick. I love you. Uh, they didn't say they loved me, but maybe they, they will on this tour. They probably did say they love you. Yeah. You just blocked it out because yeah. you don't like to hear that stuff. No, I, I have like a Dune style shield around me. Nice. We're going to be back next week with a brand new episode of Mega Strange, and we're going to bring you all of our road stories. It's going to be very exciting. So please stick around and come back. You're not going to want to miss it. Hey, if you like Mega Strange, maybe you want to follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram at the Mega Strange Podcast. Look up Mega Strange Podcast on Instagram. We post um, updates about the show and little side stories. And if there's ever a photograph from the show, we like to throw it up there as well yes. for everybody to see. And you can follow us personally on social media. I'm on Instagram at Derek Acosta only. I'm on Instagram as well as Catboy underscore Slim. Yes, and uh, you're on Twitter at Catboy underscore Slim. Nope, as well. at not- Johnny Thirteen. Oh, I put everything on the bottom of the screen when we when we bring them up. So, oh well, it's right down there. Yeah. You could check it out for yourself. And as always, if you like Make a Strange and you haven't done so already, please subscribe and turn on notifications on YouTube. Smash that shit. Smash that shit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you saw us on tour, don't forget to leave the chat log. About yeah, what we no, the ASCII about. art. The ASCII art. Maybe you didn't see us on tour because yeah. we didn't come to your part of the country. What part of the country are you in? Where should we go on tour next time? Where would you like to see us? Uh, let us know in the comments. We want to check that out. But yes, we will be back next week with brand new, amazing stories from all across America. Yes. Be sure to tune in and join us. And until then, we will be chilling, looking at strange stuff, finding new stories to share with all you mega strangers out there. We can't wait to be back. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.